Okay. Well, folks, let's, let's dive straight in. So this is our fourth and final week. Um, over the last few weeks, we've really kind of tried to teach into uh, reminding ourselves this is who we are as a church. This is what we're made for. And this is where we're going. The proverb says, without vision, the people perish. And it's really important for us as a church, as a community, that we know those things, those important things about who we are, what we're made for, what God has called us to, what is God's mandate for us. And folks, if you're visiting here this morning, you're our guest here this morning, you're going to pick up, you're going to glean a lot about, kind of get a sense or a flavor for what makes Carrick Vineyard, Carrick Vineyard. And uh, folks, if you're a regular, this is going to be kind of going over old ground. And some of this is going to be uh, just reminding ourselves, reminding ourselves, this is what's important. This is what we're called for. This is what we're made for. So we've looked at, we need God. We need vision. We need each other in relationship, which we talked about last week. And this week we're talking about, we need you to commit. And if you're a regular here, if you're part of Carrick Vineyard and you call this your home and you call this your church, this is an invitation to you uh, this morning to we need you to commit. If you don't ask, you don't get, right? And so this is really kind of spelling it out sort of clearly. And uh, like I said, this is an invitation. We're inviting you to join to be part of the vision, the vision to be a place of hope, to be a place where we come as we are, uh, to be hope for our wider community, to be a place where lives are changing, to be people who see and practice the kingdom here now as it is in heaven. And you'll have heard time and time again that everyone gets to play. And if you consider this to be your church, then we expect you to, cha- to play. We, as your managers, expect to put your names on the team sheet. And some of you, you're going to score goals. And some of you, you're going to save penalties. Some of you are going to make great tackles. You're going to make great substitutions for other people as they leave and go to sunny, exotic places like Dubai. Other people have to substitute in and join in. Some will make great coaches. Some of you will wash the kit. You'll open the doors. You'll cut the grass. You'll serve the drinks. And you'll lead the cheering. But we are one. And each of us are on the team. And each of us get a position on it. Paul writes this brilliant passage in 1 Corinthians 12. He's writing to the church in Corinth and he's addressing some of these issues which I'm addressing uh, here with our church this morning. We're going to read it through bit by bit. I'm going to just take a few things from it which I, help, which I hope will help explain what I think Paul was meaning and what Paul today uh, is meaning for us today. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. This passage is really about unity whilst celebrating the diversity. 
And he's writing this passage to this church in Corinth. It's a brilliant passage. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are fabulous passages. Those of you who are a parent of the Rocketeers will know this passage well because you'll have been reading this through with them. And I did my very best to sort of explain to Sam as he was reading it through together that 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, these wonderful things about spiritual gifts where Paul addresses that God through his Holy Spirit has uh, imparted gifts, gifts to us, all of us, differently to different individuals to be used. And that they're tools. And I explain, I always explain like using the toolbox. If daddy wants to, you know, daddy needs to take a screw off, he gets the screwdriver. If he needs to hit a nail, he uses the hammer. And they're all different tools. And God, through these, uh, Paul, through these passages, is explaining to the people there, is explaining today, that we are all have a part to play. And all of us is gifted differently. God has given you gifts and talents to be used to strengthen and to encourage and to build up the church. The picture that Paul is using here in terms of the body is a brilliant picture. He takes the literal human body and he uses it to explain this that the church that ourselves as one body made up of many parts and Paul mentions that Jew or Gentile slave or free it does not matter we are all part of this same body I love the diversity amongst us I love the fact that our age range has stretched considerably it's wonderful. We love gray and bald head, gray hair and bald heads. We celebrate it. I actually saw just a few minutes ago, I don't like to do this, as you know. I don't like to highlight things about Phil, our beard model. But I did, I did notice early on him taking out his whisker comb, which he'll love to show you afterwards, by the way. He's not embarrassed or shy about this. But he was actually combing the top of Berger's bald head just over here. I have no idea why. Sorry, I don't like to draw attention to people, but there you go. I just had to mention. I love the fact there's different ages. I love the diversity amongst us. I love the different nationalities here. I love the fact that there are even people from Ballyneur that come to our church. It just gives us such a breadth and diversity. We're hoping that they're going to start bringing us meat from Jackson's, but we're, we're waiting for that. Um, and we have this group. I mentioned it earlier that, that Mana and Zulema started diversity. Um, here are the nationalities of individuals that come regularly to that group. There are people from Japan, Madagascar, Hungary, China, Finland, Brazil, Thailand, South Africa, Poland, Lithuania, Hong Kong, and Pakistan. Who would have known? Isn't that amazing that on a fortnightly basis they come to our church venue and they share their lives and they do life together? Isn't that amazing? We are one body made up of many parts. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? 
When God made our bodies, they all serve a function. All the different parts of our bodies do something. As I was thinking about that, I was thinking, maybe not the appendix. What is that little twiddly bit right on the end of, it's the intestines, isn't that right? Yeah. What's that all that about? What, what, what are these flappy earlobes for, apart from sticking rings and things in them and all the rest? You know, but apart from that, all the different parts of our bodies, they all do something and they all form a function. Each bit has a role to play. So the foot shouldn't say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. It is a part of the body and it serves a function. Have you ever seen anyone try to run on their hands? I thought that would get more of a response, but it hasn't, and that's okay. It serves a role, it serves a function, it serves a purpose. Likewise, is an ear compared to an eye? If it were just an eye, how do we hear? If we were an ear, how would we smell? Each and every part has a function and has a role to play, and so do you. And so do you. And if you're still coming and you're still not sure what that role is, whether you're an ear or a nose or an eye or a person who's washed the kit or cut the grass, using my other analogy, well, ask God, what's my place? What's my role? Ask yourself, ask others what they see in you and ask those that lead you where you should be playing. What position should you be playing in? The main point in this is that all parts are valid. Even earlobes. And we're coming on to what I think Paul was getting at. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So if God placed all of our parts together in our human body, where he wanted them, can he not do the same with us as a church? Yes, he can. And yes, he has. And yes, he does. And yes, he will continue to. He arranges the body, diverse and different, of different ages and different backgrounds, the way that he wants them to be. Each contributing, each committing, each having their own specific role to play within the body. I love it that way. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special mention. All of us, as I've already said, are needed. But there is a tendency in churches that grow that people can assume that all the bases are covered. Oh, look at those guys leading worship. They're amazing. Look at oh, the cafe, oh, it's always nicely done. We get, we get the same coffee, it tastes the same. It's lovely, oh, there's no need there. There's always enough folks wearing the t-shirts. There's enough people going on during the week and all this. There's no need for me. 
as the church continues to grow, so too do the numbers. And it's very easy to be kind of led into this false assumption that the bases are covered. The truth is, and the reality is, no, they're not. You remember the, um, the poster during, I th- I'm assuming it was the Second World War, This Country Needs You? You remember that one? And the, Is it like a finger? Is that right? This church needs you. Needs you. Needs you to play. Needs you to play. Part of the body that we think are less honorable are treated with greater honor. And the parts of the body that are unpresentable are treated with modesty. So too within the body of Christ. The unseen roles that go on. I love it. I love, I love serving the Lord. That's a great wee phrase. I love it. I love doing this. This is the presentable parts, right? Right now, this is really presentable. I can't hide. I can't run away. And I love serving the Lord in this way. But equally, I love serving the Lord when no one's looking. The only, it's, that's, because that's only between me and God. Isn't that right? It's like you're putting the chairs away. You're brewing the coffee. You're sending that wee text message. You're praying for someone. You're meeting someone for coffee. Whatever it might be, all those unseen roles. It's like I do this for the audience of one. He's the only one who sees that. And there are so many of you that do this. And he sees it and he knows it and he says thank you. He says thank you. I see your worship because that's worship. Worship we often talk about is about singing songs and it's a massive part of what we do. But worship goes far deeper than that. Worship is about a sacrifice of praise. It's about pitching up early and leaving late. That's what this is about. And that's part of our worship. We all get to play. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. All its parts have equal concern for one another. And if one part suffers, the whole body suffers. Several years ago, I remember I was at university, and I had an abscess under my, one of my wisdom teeth, and it was a killer I don't I've never experienced pain like it and I hope I never will for a number of days I walked around the campus at university doped up with codeine and paracetamol uh, whilst I eventually got to an emergency dentist appointment got some antibiotics cleared up was fine but that one single thing there affected the entire body I was a miserable man for a number of days affected everything and likewise When someone suffers, when someone is not playing their role, everyone else around you is affected. What does committing to the church actually look like? Four things. We're going to whiz through this, a number of things. Firstly, I'm inviting you to commit to protect the unity of my church by acting in love towards one another 
Romans says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build other, each other up in love. I love it that on the whole, we love each other. We do deeply care for one another and love each other. Here's another way that you can protect the unity. It's by refusing to gossip. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. We've said this before. We say this again. This is probably the biggest way that disunity can start. And it's by gossip. If there's an issue, you take it to the person you have the issue with. You don't talk about it with someone else. And you don't talk it with someone else and someone else. Because that creates disunity. And then the last one on this point is by following the leaders. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say, says Hebrews. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. You're to commit to those that lead you, that serve you in that way. And as I say that, I say this again to you. We are not beyond reproach. If there is an issue, if a decision that's made, something that's said, you're unhappy, then please I invite you to always come and to say that without fear of being treated differently or thought differently about. We invite you to do that. But please continue to commit to serving and following where we sense God is leading us. Secondly, commit to sharing the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth. Thessalonians says, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. Secondly, by inviting the unchurched to attend. It's important that we continue to invest our lives outside, that we look for ways that we can invite people into what we have and what we share and who we are. And then lastly on that one, by warmly welcoming those who visit. I love hearing um, stories. When we meet those of you who are new or you've just come in for the first time or the first few times, you say things like, oh, the welcome I got was amazing. People were really, really uh, kind to us. That was really great. I say to you again, thank you. Thank you for doing that. All of us who are part of the team, you are on the welcome team. You don't need the badge. You don't need to hold, hold the bowl of sweets to be on the welcome team. You're all on the welcome team. So if there's someone that you don't know and you think, oh, I've not met them before, then please, you have our permission, not our permission. I would ask you to go to them and say, hi, how are you doing? My name's such and such. Now, here's the thing. Don't go down the road of, are you new here? That is like the, the wrong question. Because they'll turn around to you and say, no, I've been coming here for three years now. And then you look at bit of a dork okay so here's a better question and you need to be careful you need to be careful okay you could say something like I I'm such and such Ugh, I'm such and such I believe we haven't met before you wouldn't quite ask it like that because that's like a chat up line isn't it <laughs> it's like Ricky from the voice last night if you watched it you know the way he was trying to be quite charming and what have you so you simply say, hi, how you doing? You know, I'm not sure we've spoken. 
have we met before? Blah de blah. And that's where it goes from there. All right? We're all part of the welcome team. Thirdly, commit to serving the ministry of my church by discovering my gifts and talents. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I do want to highlight, we don't normally do it like this because recruiting people to teams is best done by personal invitation. We don't usually do this from the front, but I am today. Um, our cafe, we would like at some point, I mentioned this last week, we'd like to at some point open both canteens to just create more space. Why? Because we want to create more space for more people to come, for our guests in mind. And so if you're wanting to think, actually, once a month, I think I could turn up a little bit earlier, make some coffee, serve some coffee, smile, say hello, I, I think I could do that then Ashley Bell is the person to speak to. And we'd love that. If uh, you like kids and you think you're okay with them, that would be great. If that thought just puts shivers through your... You think, that is the last place I want, then that's okay. But find somewhere else. Um, one of the areas that has grown massively since September is our young people. Our number of young people that have started coming to our church has doubled since September. It's absolutely amazing. And there are a number of folks that are brilliant leading those guys. And if you have a real heart and a real passion for working with young people, Andy Howard and Hannah Shaw, they'd love to talk to you because they'd love to see if you could join and be part of that team as well. Commit to serve in the ministry of the church by being equipped to serve by my pastors. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And then lastly, by developing a servant heart. And do you know, as I say these things, this is reiterating much of what so many people do, isn't it? You know, so many of you come early, so many of you serve, and with such a servant heart, and we thank you for that, and we invite you to sign up and do it all over again. This is the last area, and then we're coming into land. Commit to supporting the testimony of my church by attending faithfully. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Commit to coming regularly on Sundays. By all means, take Sundays off. Something comes up, the special event is taking place, it's a romantic weekend away, you're on holiday, whatever it is, then by all means, absolutely. But if it's a case of, a battle with the bed sheets and I can't be bothered to get out, then win the battle. Take the bed sheets on. Say, I'm getting my body into church. Get there. And get there on time. 10.30. 10.30 is when the service starts. And coming at 10.45 and 10.50, you've missed 
you've missed most of the main course. It's the worship. You're only getting the dessert and the cheese and biscuits. You're messing that. 10.30, I'm making a point. You know I am. But get there. That'll be good. Secondly, by living a godly lifestyle. Commit to supporting the Testament Church by living a godly lifestyle. Guys, you represent. You're on the team. You're out and about and you're doing crazy stuff. You're letting the team down. Okay? By doing that. And then lastly, by supporting the testimony of the church, by giving regularly. On the first day of each week, you should, you should each put aside a portion of the money you've earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. Deliberately set aside that from your wages that goes to the Lord in that way through the church. Do it. Do all these things. Do it today. Sign up. This is how you sign up. For many of you, this is like going over old ground. I do this, I do that, I do the other. Brilliant. Sign up again and commit to being part of the team and serving with us for the course of this year and all that God has for us. We need you. The church needs you. And God is inviting you to continue to journey with him. Register for a life group. Uh, last count on about Thursday, about 85 or 87 of you have signed up to one of our life groups. Brilliant. If you've not yet done it, please do it today. Our life groups, most of them start this week. Sign up to serve. Sign up to be part of the team. Sign up to giving financially to the church. How do we do those things? Speak to me. Speak to Chantel. Speak to Steve. Speak to Jillian or Andy or Ashley or whoever it might be. But do it. Do it today. Don't go home thinking, oh man, I need to get my into gear. I'm having to choose my words carefully this morning. Do that. Do it today. Don't go away thinking, oh yeah, I must do that. I must get around to doing that. I must get around. Choose today before you leave. That will be great. The last way that you can do it is later in the week, if you would rather email us, then you can do that. But the invitation is to us again this morning. Sign up. Be part of the team. Guys who are leading worship, would you come? That would be tremendous.